a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Here in the state of Utah, we have learned much about women's suffrage this past year, specifically Utah's place in that, Seraph Young casting the first legal ballot. I saw something uh, very, very fascinating on the road over the weekend. It was the first time I saw, uh, out in the wild, one of the women's suffrage uh, specialty plates. The state of Utah offers, uh, through the DMV, it offers a, a first-to-vote uh, Utah women license plate. The, the, it looks like this. on the Maybe you've seen it. Uh, I saw my first one just the other day, and, and I'll tell you about the, the specialized characters in a second. On the left, there is a banner. It's purple for the most part. There are uh, eight stars, 1870 the date. There's a beehive with uh, some rays of yellow sunshine coming from behind. First to vote uh, the words under the beehive, and then below that, uh, Utah women. The large centered block letters below the license uh, number itself, first to vote. And what I saw over the weekend, uh, and see if you can sort this one out. You ever play this game where you're driving around and you see a, a vanity plate or a specialty plate with uh, specifically selected numbers or letters. You try to try to decode it. Uh, here's this one. It is S-R-A-P-H. S-R-A-P-H. I saw that one, and right next to the first to vote banner on that Utah specialty plate, I knew in an instant that it was reference to uh, Seraph Young. So uh, with that said, I want to remind you of uh, I'm, I'm slow to call this a controversy, but it is a story uh, that upset a number of folks, uh, and and we covered here on this program. We had a number of conversations about a mural, a mural on the side of the Dinwiddie Building in Salt Lake City. In August, uh, it was unveiled that there were uh, to be a number of uh, women there portrayed uh, and they got their name on that list, and they were portrayed in this mural because of their contributions to Utah, the unique uh, and important contributions they have brought to the table. And so uh, we saw a number of names on there. Uh, but what, what really caught many people's attention was the large number of names which were absent, including uh, Becky Lockhart, Utah's first female House Speaker, uh, Enid Mickelson, First Republican woman elected from Utah to the U.S. House. Mia Love, former congresswoman here in the state of Utah. Natalie Gawkner, Jan Graham, Deidre Henderson. A long list of of names were, were absent. And now, after some back and forth, there is a new revised version of that mural up on the wall. Uh, you'll remember one of the conversations I had uh, was with uh, Mia Love, and she joins us now to talk about uh, the the edits which have been applied to this mural. Uh, Congresswoman Love, how are you? I 
am fine. I'm actually pretty happy. And I have to say, um, Lee, I know you won't say this, but uh, just being able to have these discussions and to hear um, hear people out who uh, have some valid concerns about who was missing, I think that that um, it really prompted uh Scott Anderson, a lot of people at Science Bank, that, Science Bank that commissioned the mural to look at it and say, okay, maybe we did miss a few things here. And they um, were able to correct that. So I have to thank you for getting the information out, out there because especially in this day and age, the last thing we want to do is show partisanship in any of um, these type of celebratory um, murals that it really is meant to celebrate incredible women who have done some great things for our state. So I just wanted to thank you for just shedding the light on this. And, and I think it was um, a lot of your conversations that really the um, willingness to look at it again. So well, thank you for doing that. Well, I, I hope so. After speaking to you and others, it was clear that uh, something needed to be done. And if I had anything to do with that, uh, then I, I'm pleased. Let me ask you this. Uh, from a very from a very vain perspective, how, how'd they do? How, how do you look up there? You like it? I think it's great. I mean, it's obviously <laughs> a picture of me, you know. I'm just to say this, this wasn't about me. This wasn't about um, my getting on that mural. It, it, the person that really bugged me, I think more than anybody that was missing from that, was Becky Lockhart and um, her being the first female speaker. I just could not understand how that would be um, an oversight. Yeah. How, how somebody would miss that. And so that was the biggest. And if they had just added her name, uh, that I would have been fine with that. It would have just, you know, shown that it was just an oversight. And, but, you know, I looked at the list of names there and, you know, these are women that I am proud to associate with. Sherry Dew uh, was a name that you brought up that I thought was absolutely should be there. Um, so many people, Deidre Henderson, so many people that are there now that, I mean, I didn't even think about. So I'm really grateful that we were able to get um, these women and not erase them from our history, which was I, what I was afraid was happening. Yeah. It, t- tell me about how you came to learn that there were, there were going to be additions. Did you did you get a call from Zion's Bank? Did you get a call from the artist? Uh, how, how did that go on your end? Well, I got it was a really vague um, email where um, I was asked if I would be willing to participate and they were going to put a commission together um, this time to try and uh, think of some names. So I didn't I actually didn't know until I until I got a letter from Scott Anderson saying um, that we've depicted your your picture in the mural. So uh, I knew that there were a couple of people that have gotten letters. I didn't know who. Um, I didn't know even if those were included. Um, but I did mention that if I were to be included, I, I did not want to be included unless Becky Lockhart was there. So I, I literally emailed back and said, I am not interested unless you put at least Becky Lockhart um, on that mural, and I got a response back and say she's definitely going to be on the mural. Outstanding. Did you, at any point, did you ever get a satisfactory explanation as to the process that led to the uh, the first draft or the first version of this mural? No, no, um, and and that's okay. Um, water, water under the bridge at this point. Fine. Water under the bridge. It's perfectly fine. I mean, I, I just I, I appreciate people that are willing to look. We're, 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 we're not perfect. Um, we make mistakes. And I think that it just shows um, 
just I just appreciate them looking back, Scott and Zion Bank looking back and saying, we've got to fix this problem. So I appreciate Scott Anderson for just doing it. I'm not going to beat up on anybody for missing, missing some people on that list to begin with. I think the best thing we can do is say, okay, we fixed it. Now let's move on to the next thing. So um, I'm yeah. just glad that my children, your children, uh, will be able to look at that mural and, and see women of all walks of life that have really – um, contributed to our society here in Utah um, and d- have done great things. They'll be able to maybe see themselves in those women and, and say, I can do that too. So I, I'm just grateful. Outstanding. Uh, well, listen, I, I'm grateful to you for your attitude here. I agree 100%. This is water under the bridge. There is no first version, second version. There is the version that right now depicts all these strong women, and I'm grateful that it is up there, and I'm grateful for the inclusion of all the powerful women uh, who are depicted. And thank you uh, for, thank in, in you, large Lee. part, well, you, you brought a lot of this to my attention. I, uh, If it weren't for your promptings, I'm not sure that, uh, uh, that we would have dedicated as much airtime to this issue or uh, to get into the bottom of it. So thank you. Uh, and always uh, for your time. Thanks so much. All righty. We're going to take a break here in just a moment. And uh, when we return, uh, you heard a moment ago, I didn't quite have time to get to that Iron County letter. There are elements of it I do want to share. So when when we return, uh, I'm going to play for you a little bit uh, of the letter, and then we'll see what the artist of this mural has to say. That's coming up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I uh, I'm calling an audible here. I'm going to make a little bit of a change to the program and I'll explain uh, what uh, what I'm doing. If you heard that conversation between myself and uh, former Congresswoman Mia Love just before the break, we talked about a mural, a mural on the side of a building in downtown Salt Lake City. And, uh, you know, most of you aren't going to be driving by this thing on a daily basis. Uh, I, I, in fact, only see it occasionally. Um, the, the reason, the reason uh, that we were discussing this mural is that it was unveiled in August, it was uh, it was made uh, available for public viewing uh, in August, and the the point behind it was it would to, it was to be a depiction of the the most influential women in Utah history, those who have uh, you know either shattered glass ceilings or blazed new trails or set uh, examples, uh, and having done so as as women. This was uh, exclusively a depiction of of women and uh, designed to highlight and commemorate accomplishment and leadership. Well, uh, it was not that long after the mural was unveiled that it was noticed that, oh, uh, actually, those are all, uh, you know, kind of left-leaning liberal women. And in fact, uh, on the Republican or conservative side, uh, there seems to be a dearth of representation. And uh, I know a number of people took a great issue with that. And the update today, the reason why now we're talking about this again is that there have been some additions, a number of additions, as a matter of fact, to the mural, uh, including uh, former Congresswoman Mia Love, who we just spoke to. Uh, we also have learned and can see on the mural itself the addition of Becky Lockhart, Utah's first female House speaker. And in fact, that was the one name that got folks, myself included, uh, you know, kind of a little bit uh, up in arms over how could she be how could she be left off a, a list like that? Uh, there have been a, a number of other additions along with Becky Lockhart and Mia Love, including 
uh, Sid Dixon with the uh, the Utah State Superintendent uh, of Public Instruction. Also, Natalie Gochner from the Kem Gardner Policy Institute. Jan Graham, Utah's first and only female Attorney General. Deidre Henderson uh, and also uh, Enid Mickelson. Uh, first Republican woman elected from Utah to the U.S. House, served in Congress for a time. Uh, anyway, I was going to go back through all of the the back and forth. I have a long list of audio. We had a conversation with the artist, and I was a little bit combative with the artist at the time, saying, how could you leave these out? What was the selection process like? And, well, I'm going to forego that conversation. Uh, I'm going to stop looking backwards and choose now to look forward. Uh, Mia Love kind of pointed something out. I asked her if... Uh, you know, if she had gotten a satisfactory explanation as to why there were so many omissions, you know, before the updated version of the mural was uh, unveiled. And she said, she said, no, no, I, I didn't. Uh, but that is OK, because now we have a mural that depicts, uh, you know, a wide range of, of women, a complete uh, look at the, the contributions here in the state of Utah. And that's OK. Uh, and I said, so it's, it's water under the bridge. Um, and she said, water under the bridge. And so uh, that's good enough for me. Uh, we're not going to dig up the, the debates of the past and rather uh, look forward. The one thing I, I will share, this coming from a conversation I had uh, in August with the artist, the woman uh, behind this mural. And uh, one little interesting trivial tidbit I'll add. She, uh, along with some other artists, uh, were the ones responsible for the album cover art for Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Can you picture that one? There, uh, there's like a bass drum in the center uh, with the album title there. The the Beatles themselves in kind of uh, some like quasi military style outfits, and then behind them are depictions of various characters of pop culture and history in kind of this uh, flourish type uh, look. And it's a similar style that is brought to the mural, which now uh, adorns the Dinwoody Building uh, downtown Salt Lake City. I asked her at the time. I got her on the phone and I said, "Hey, listen." Uh, there are some folks who, uh, you know, they're not too pleased with, uh, you know, the the tie that binds the the those included in this mural. It's clear, or at least it appears, that there have been some categorical omissions. Uh, don't see too many conservative or Republican women depicted. And uh, she, on that front, had this to say. That it is a work in progress and that, um, like anything else, of course there are 1.5 million living women that are not on this mural. Okay, so it was a it was a work in progress. That's what the artist said from the beginning. I'm going to let it uh, let it stand. And from here on forward, I am going to look only at the finished product of this mural and consider all of it just a uh, one big work in progress, uh, which is now complete on the side of the Dinwiddie Building. So take a look at that if you get a chance. Uh, it's pretty cool, you know, in terms of artistic sense. It's pretty neat, and you can see the you can see the the notes and the hints of the Sgt. Pepper's album. So in terms of trivial history. That in itself is is reason enough. And have a look at the list. It's good, uh, of course, too, to understand uh, who was included and why they're included. And learning their background, uh, it can only help inspire and inform your understanding of, of Utah and women's contribution to this great state. Okay, uh, I have about 90 seconds left. Uh, earlier, I wasn't able to get to that Iron County letter. Uh, I'll read for you just a, just a brief snippet of that and, again, invite you to visit my Facebook page. On there, uh, you're going to find all three pages of this letter. I don't have time to read it to you now, but this letter signed by the three commissioners from Iron County is a response to the governor's announcement of October 13th that there will be a new COVID-19 transmission index 
put in place. The, the county, at least the, the commissioners of the county, uh, took issue with some of the what they claim to be overreach. So let me read uh, to you just a little bit. It says, uh, first off, addressed to whom it may concern. We, the Iron County Commissioners, appreciate the input of experts and professionals in our community who have helped us make local decisions in the best interest of public health and safety. Paragraph 2. The Transmission Index, Mask Mandate, and Stay Safe to Stay Open initiatives, as explained by our governor on October 13th, constitute a dangerous overreach and pose a greater risk to our residents than other less restrictive measures. Further, many metrics are either... Uh, unobtainable or otherwise ignore actual assessment of healthcare outcomes, ensuring a continuation of our 14-day flatten the curve experiment commenced this spring with no end in sight. I bring this up uh, not because it is the rule, but because it is the exception. All right. For the very most part, counties uh, have been very quick to adopt and comply with, as well as residents of those counties, comply with uh, what is being called for under this transmission index. We are beyond uh, debate on all of this. We are beyond being able to say, oh, yeah, no, the, the, it's not as big of a deal as we last as, as you know, it's being made out to be. How do I know that? Look at the hospital numbers. How do I know that? Look at the continuing number of Utahns losing their lives because of this virus. Not a big fan of this attitude. Quick break. When we return, we're going to look at the crisis facing Utah right now. We'll hear from Greg Bell and Joe Doherty next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.